0: It's the Do Politics Better podcast. I'm Brian Lewis.
1: And I'm Sky David.
0: If General Assembly politics was a game of chess, and it kind of is, I'd say that Speaker Tim Moore has taken the Democrats' queen, maybe a couple rooks here.
1: So on Tuesday morning, the House committees were announced. We talked last week about the Senate committees, the chairs, people who had moved around. And this week, the House counterparts were announced. And what was notable to people was that there were three Democrats who received chairmanships.
0: One Democrat is representative Trisha Cotham who represents the Mint Hill area of Mecklenburg County by the way last week I said Matthews North Carolina Representative Cotham used to live in Matthews when she was in the general Assembly on her first go-round but she since moved she sent me a note clarifying that the second Democrat,
1: Representative Shelly Willingham, he got a chairmanship of the ABC committee, of which he is a board member of his local ABC board. And when he talked to WRAL about it, he said, I haven't promised anything. I have 20 years experience in this. So that's kind of what we're hearing from those folks. But there's a third person.
0: Representative Michael Ray. Representative Ray is a longtime serving member of the General Assembly, I think going back to the early 2000s, known moderate, and has voted with Republicans on the budget. So he is a senior finance chair. This got everyone's attention. You know, last week, Sky, you had mentioned that these three we're on the escort committee for Speaker Tim Moore as he was being introduced formally to the General Assembly as the Speaker. We said last week he was tipping his cards. I think some cards were put down on the table with these committee chairmanships.
1: Yeah, all in all, there were 12 Democrats that were appointed to, quote, leadership positions. And that just means that aside from these three, there were nine more who were named vice chairs of committees. Yeah.
0: A uh, Fun fact, Representative Cotham did send us a note this week saying that she has been a proud member of the Escort Committee for all speakers since she came into the General Assembly back in 2007. That is a fun fact. Appreciate Representative Cotham sharing that with us. While this did get a lot of attention in NC Poland... This is not unprecedented, Skye. There have been occasions, going back to when Democrats were in charge, in which they did appoint Republicans to key chairmanship positions. Representative Linda Johnson used to chair a committee. Over on the Senate side, Senator Fletcher Hartzell, he chaired a committee when Democrats were in charge. I think Stan Bingham had a committee. Richard Stevens here in Wake County. Not unprecedented. So Even
1: last year, Representative Richardson was a co-chair of a Judiciary Committee, right. and I believe he was the only Democrat That's right. That's in right. last session.
0: But I think this is smart, both on the leadership side, but I think these three Democrats are also smart. You go to the leadership and you say, look, I'm at yes. I'm at yes at the budget. I'm at yes on some policy issues. I want to work with you. Instead of starting at no, which kind of puts you in the basement from the get, Go ahead and say, look, I'm ready to vote for these budgets. And I, <laughs> one thing I, I don't understand, I've, I've suggested this to Democrats, vote for that first draft of the budget coming out of the House. Vote for that first draft of the budget coming out of the Senate. You know what it gets you, Sky? Conference committee. Get you on the conference committee. I think this is smart politics all the way around, but we'll see what happens because there's probably going to be some blowback here.
1: So we recorded last week on Thursday, as we usually do. And of course, that afternoon, there was some news, and it's about TikTok. You're a big TikTok guy. I
0: like TikTok. I don't really... I don't think I've ever
1: made a TikTok. We made one once.
0: You made it.
1: But you were lip-syncing in it. Oh, that's true. But
0: if you're a state employee out there, your TikTok days are over. Governor Roy Cooper has issued an executive order saying no more TikTok. Use on state devices.
1: Yeah. So if you're a government employee and it's on your own device, yeah. it's fine. But if you're on a state device, you can't be scrolling TikTok.
0: Or WeChat.
1: And I think that's happening in a lot of states right now.
0: Should be noted that Representative Jason Sane, Lincoln County, Representative John Hardister, Guilford County, they had written a letter To Governor Cooper respectfully asking him to look at TikTok and some of the problems that it brings to cybersecurity and the state. And it was a good bipartisan moment. It seems to me like Governor Cooper acknowledged that letter and issued an order.
1: Then the first news of Wednesday morning was that Attorney General Josh Stein officially announced his 2024 gubernatorial bid.
0: I had no idea he was running (laughs) for governor. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, his ad certainly dropped, and it was a good ad. It's about a three-minute ad. These are kind of typical ads over the last decade in which a candidate drops a long-form biographical ad. It's usually about how great they are. They come from humble beginnings and they're fighting for you. But this ad was different in some ways.
1: Yeah, I thought the ad was interesting in the ways that it connected his growing up and who his father is to the current times and really focusing a lot on Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, who is expected to be the Republican nominee.
0: So let's take it in chunks here. Uh, Adam Stein is Josh Stein's father, and Adam Stein is a legend in civil rights circles going back to the 1970s. We're, a lot of us are familiar with Julius Chambers, former president at North Carolina Central, civil rights leader here in the state. But Adam Stein was a law partner. And so, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see Attorney General Stein tell us that story of their law office being firebombed in Charlotte some 50 years ago. But you're right about the Mark Robinson piece. So this is a three minute plus ad. I counted about 30 seconds dedicated to the ad with Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson on screen speaking. And then a few more seconds from Attorney General Stein criticizing Mark Robinson. You really don't see that in these launch ads. I think this is a harbinger for what is to come in 2024. Well, I think we got to say it also 2023, because here we are in January. I think this is going to be a bruiser campaign
1: for the next 657 days.
0: (laughs) Really early.
1: Yes, it is really early. I What I thought was interesting is that their PR team and their campaign folks really did a full hard launch today. There was an endorsement list that came out. Mm-hmm. There was a long form article in the assembly, the ad, and then I believe they also did push messaging to everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of this is designed to scare off any primary opponents. And there's been some rumors around town as Michael Regan getting into this race, someone out of the General Assembly looking to run. So that's what this is designed for. This is going to be an interesting election. Buckle up and see Paul.
1: Additionally, I saw that Dr. Michael Bitzer had posted a full blog about folks who are rumored to be running for office in 2024 or who have confirmed that. So we'll include that link. You can take a look at all those folks if you're interested. On Wednesday evening, there was some news about state auditor Beth Wood.
0: Reportedly, she was in an accident on December 8th, back in 2022, and was charged days later with a hit and run. This was something that just got disclosed in the media. It hit in poll land and really don't know what to make of it. Certainly, this has got to have some negative repercussions for the auditor.
1: I would assume so.
0: Very popular auditor, Republicans, Democrats, very likable. I think there's a lot of disappointment in this news, but we have yet to hear Auditor Wood release a statement. She is due in court later this month?
1: Yep, on the 26th. Okay. We have talked a lot this year about the election that Senator Bobby Hannig won, and we've known him since before he came into office, and he served in the House and is now serving in the Senate and sat down for a really great interview with you.
0: Welcome to the podcast this morning.
2: Great to be here, Brian. I appreciate you having me.
0: Talk a little bit about your district up there in the Outer Banks and Northeastern North Carolina. What makes it special?
2: Well, which district do you want to talk about? The one I'm currently (laughs) in or the one I'm going to be in? How about
0: about a little bit of both?
2: Um, I would would tell you, uh, in both of the districts, it's the people that are just so incredible. Yeah. um, That really drove me to move there. Oh yeah. At, at a very young age I decided I was going to live in Currituck. Uh, we often joke with like with tamarin uh-huh. Um you know Tamron
0: Kugler, she's up she does your tourism up yeah, there.
2: she does. Um all we need is a mountain. <laughs> and no. and I mean we would be just complete.
0: The land is beautiful up there. It is. And then the horses, right?
2: Yeah, you got the horses up in the 4 by 4 area. And you know a funny story we'll probably get back to this but Way back in the day, the horses weren't confined to just the 4x4 area. When they first developed Corolla Light, the horses would just roam free in people's yards.
0: Oh, really?
2: And when I first moved to the Outer Banks, about three years after that, I started working in Corolla Light. And on my truck, I carried a snow shovel so I could scoop the horse manure out of carports. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sure enough,
0: tourism is huge up there, right? Because if you haven't seen Kerala, if you haven't been to Currituck County, go up and see those horses, right?
2: You have to go see the horses, and you have to spend a whole day it, just at the Whalehead Club. You know, they have the the um, the hunting lodge. You have the lighthouse. You have the brand new Currituck Boat Museum. You've got the Wildlife Center there. Yeah. I mean, it is just that you can spend an entire day there just walking around the grounds. It's incredible.
0: You know, we're going hunting up there in January, uh, Audubon, North Carolina. you Pine a, Island. Yeah, 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 I'm looking forward to what it. What a
2: special place
0: that is. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to spending a couple days up there. It's yeah. going to be fun. Can you talk a little bit about what brought you to Corale? My,
2: my dad's retired Navy, so I uh, grew up mostly in Virginia Beach. And, um, you know, pretty much as soon as I could figure out how to steal my parents' car. <laughs> i would be uh, heading to the four by four beaches you know through through Sandbridge and through the refuge there and surfing and fishing and just being kids you know it was an amazing place after high school i moved i went into the military Uh and then i did some traveling around i was a railroad mechanic for several years a very long story short i didn't like my boss i was in california working on the bay area rapper transit and I didn't like what he said, so I said, I'm coming home. So I came home and uh, threw my keys on his desk and moved to Carolina. All right. Didn't have a job, didn't have anything, just started over.
0: Can you talk a little bit about your business and what you do?
2: I'll give you the condensed version. When I first moved to North Carolina, I was working in heavy equipment business. And um, uh, I, I met a guy named Doug Brindley and I went to work for him. He had a property management business. And about a year after I went to work for him, um, he sold his business, and it was to a corporation. And it took me about a day to figure out I didn't want to work for those folks. Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> true story. I was like, no chance. All right, we're cutting this, cutting that, and the service was already uh, immediate. You could tell an immediate difference. And yeah. uh, so I told Doug, and Doug stayed on his GM. You know, part of his buyout. And uh, I went to him. I said, I'm not doing this. He said, just wait a few months, and you know, I'll let you know when is when. And about six months later, he said when is when that's when I started the pool guy was just hoping to get enough to get going you know and um I wrote a letter to all of our homeowners telling them I was leaving and what I was doing and they all responded with if you're leaving we're going with you so you know I started out with the pool guy with 125 accounts hope I was hoping to get 25 uh-huh. you know so we started out full bore and Doug had left the rental company and uh, he came to work with me and uh, so we grew that and it's a uh, Hannig Services, I've got three companies under that. It's The Pool Guy, The Tool Guy, and Cabana Bob's. Oh, is that right? And it's all property management stuff, weekly rentals, vacation stuff. So in 2004, his non-compete was up, so we started a, another rental company oh. called called Brindley Beach Vacations. In the first year, we had four houses, and I sold to him in 2015. We had 625 houses. Wow. And, like, I can't remember how many agents and so on, and it was it was an amazing ride. And um, best thing I did was start it, and best thing I did was sell it. Okay, all right. right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you know I get to do this now. Yeah. That's okay. It's pretty amazing. All so right. uh, very fortunate.
0: You are fortunate, and you know we've had some conversations in the building. You grew up kind of humble beginnings, right?
2: Yeah. We, yeah. We uh we had some humble beginnings. My mom was um you know she had three kids and was divorced at twenty one years old. Um you know we were living projects of South Philly. Um she met my dad. He took us in, and you know, he adopted us, and uh, you know, just moved around a little bit, and then landed in Virginia Beach in elementary school. Um, but yeah, pretty humble beginnings. And you know, I have a lot of customers that are from the Philadelphia area, the northeast part of the of, the, of you know the, of the country. And uh, when I tell them I used to live in the projects down by the airport, they're like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." They said, "Man, you've come a long way." Yeah. I said, "Yeah, well, I've been been very fortunate for yeah. sure." That shapes uh, you
0: to even today. I'm sure you it, reflect uh, on it some. Oh, I see. A-
2: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I don't. I don't take anything for granted. I've been without. Yeah. Um, and uh, not for anyone's reason or anything like that. It's just you know just where you start, and you know you just have to know you got to work for it every day. Yeah. Nothing's given to you for sure.
0: And I see that in your work at the General Assembly. You really are a voice for small business owners. You're also a voice a lot of times for the underdog I've noticed
2: I, that's who I fight the hardest for yeah. you know um in my house district, I had you know two pretty well to do counties in Currituck and Dare, and I had two of the poorest counties, Pamela go and Hyde yeah and uh, they needed the most and so i you know that's where most of my effort went yeah um I did a lot for, for the other two counties as well, but um folks that need it you you got to help them
0: this have anything to do with your decision at one point to get into politics because when I first met you you were a county commissioner that's Did, correct
2: it was that yep. your first elected office that was my first elected office
0: yeah so is that what propelled you into politics was, um,
2: well I'll tell you um, really a little bit of fate uh, I had built a new building for for the for Hanning services and uh, I had some issues with, with the fire marshal in the county all right so I had contacted my county commissioner who was the chairman? and got nothing. Yeah. Um, got no assistance from the county. Uh, I fought fire marshal all the way up to the state level That's and good. won. Um, but, you know, it delayed me from moving into my building for three months. Yeah. Um, they were just bound and determined. So uh, I was complaining, classic story, I was complaining about it at a party <laughs> and someone said, well, run for commissioner. I'm like, okay, what's a commissioner do? <laughs> is that right? You know, in, in Currituck, there's no <laughs> municipality, so right. county government is the government, you know. So, you know, I ran for commissioner, and it was a real divisive board, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of history, a lot of, a lot of non-trust. And um, right after the election, a couple of the members came to me and said, how you feel about being the chairman? So I was like, if that's what y'all want. So got sworn in, five minutes later, I was the chairman. That's amazing. <laughs> had you, were you I had a, never served anything before. You followed politics? No. Really? Nope.
0: So nope. classic example of you're not into politics, but politics is into you. That's right. And
2: so That's right. you get involved. And I will tell you that prior to that, I, I served as chairman of the uh, Northeast Workforce Development Board. Okay. And um, I really found there that I could make a difference. Okay. Like, you know, folks that came to there, you know, they they had lost their job or they had made some bad decisions and they're starting over and to have the ability to help those folks and see those success stories yeah that was pretty darn cool i was like that's that's pretty neat to be able to do something like that you know so it kind of gave me a little bit of the itch and then a year after i'm a commissioner we had redistricting Uh senator steinberg was our representative we had a good relationship um i was building a good relationship with dare county and uh so you know i started calling around who are we getting found out who we were getting and, uh, okay, let's find us, let's find a solution. And literally a week before filing started, they approached me about running for the house. Yeah. And I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Surely we can do better than me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you have two great, you know, two great counties in Currituck and Dare County and you know, just nobody would step up to do it. Yeah. So I did it and won a primary and then won the general and just incredibly difficult yes not knowing anything about anything
0: and it was a primary so those are always brutal right
2: primary and then the general was really brutal with a very popular woman um whose husband had passed away in the previous election so um i was definitely the underdog in both of those yeah for sure and then uh with redistricting split my district in half i was going to have to primary ed goodwin and we're we're like we're not we're not going to do that you know we'll just figure it out and then the Senate approached me about running for that, for the other, you know, the new District 3, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, well, what's it draw out to? Well, it's probably about a D5. Well, okay, let's go for it.
0: Yeah, so D5, that means a Democrat is assumed to win it by five points.
2: That's correct.
0: It became, I would say, top three races we were all following. So yeah. your race, of course, the Michael Lee race, Mary Wills Bode, maybe Sydney Batch here, and and Fayetteville. But yeah, I saw the D5 and I, you know, had spoken to some of your campaign, Jim Burton yeah. and Nathan Babcock. Every time I talked to him, they were very sober about it. Like, yeah, this is a tough district for Senator Hannock to yeah. win. Can you tell me about your optimism of looking at a D5? Because some right. folks would look at a D5 and go home. Some people, if they were an incumbent, would see it and go, oh, I'm not even going to run for re-election. But you look at it and you go, yeah, that's my district.
2: You know, um, I, I think I learned pretty early on that anything worth having was uh-huh. worth fighting for. Yeah. And I, I just felt that we were, we were in an tr- upward trend. Yeah. And it just seemed like the time was right for it. I just knew if I worked hard that we could win. Mm-hmm. And I knew how important it was for us to win that district. And uh, I just put everything I had into it and— if it wasn't for Nathan and Dylan and Jim Burton. Yeah. I mean, what a great team we had and
0: talented just guys. bouncing
2: everything off each other. And, you know, just me going out there and, you know, handing out my flyer at the food line parking lot, and yeah. whatever, you know, so it's so, pretty amazing.
0: Jim told me and I, I've seen it inside the general assembly that as far as the district goes and the The diversity there. So it's racially diverse, it's economically diverse, politically, and then there's, of course, the unaffiliated. They said that one thing that you, is a hallmark of your campaign style, is you'll talk to anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you'll ask anybody for a vote. And, yeah, it's kind of unique because some folks go, well, these are my people. I got to get my base out. I'm not going to go spend time over here. But Like you talk to anybody,
2: right? And and you know that's that's is probably the most important part. You know, you walk into a Hardee's and on a Sunday morning, and people are dressed for church, and you know you're the only white guy in there. You know, and you just go up and start talking to them. And say, hey, you know, I'm I'm Bobby Hannig. I'm a House Rep. I'm running for Senate in your district, and you know, I love to talk to you. Here's my card. People were always very gracious. I think probably the 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 most entertainment I got was during early voting. Uh Um, going around to all the districts and when you walk up to like I walked up to Martin County early voting site you know I I park way back in the boondocks I come around the corner and I look up and I counted 23 Black Votes Matter yard signs Uh and then 18 people were in Black Votes Matter t-shirts and here comes little old Bobby up here with his little sign you know only white guy in the crowd you know just walking up and we had a ball. Yeah, you know, I told them who I was, and I, you know, by then I was had been appointed senator. I told them I was Senator Bobby Hannig, and they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm am you know, running against Valerie Jordan," uh-huh. you know, and you know, a couple of them said, "Well, you know, you know, we're voting for her," and I said, I have "No problem," but right. you know, we talked about you know how I got to where I am now, and yeah. you know, just talked about stuff, and they're like, "Man, this is great," yeah. and made a ton of friends out of it, you yeah. know, and actually had some folks from gates county i was over there early voting same scenario and i walk up and you know they're just doing their thing and um by the time i left there they're like hey can we have some of your handouts we'll hand them out for you you know we'll get people to vote for you right you know just knowing i'm just a guy
0: what point did you know you had your seat one was it Situation where it's election night, and you're like, yeah, I won. Or did you have a gut feeling? You know how it is in politics. Right. You, you kind of know when you're winning. You know, something tells you. Was there a point in the election where you think, I think I'm going to get this?
2: I would say probably about three days out, we were talking, and we're like, you know, what you don't know who's going to show up. Yeah. You know, and it was turn out election, turn out election, turn out election. I knew that um, after early voting, I was going to be down significantly, and— I saw a number of 7,200 that I'm pretty sure I was down after early voting right. when the first numbers came out, and my phone started blowing up. I can't believe you're going to lose. I can't believe you're going to lose. Oh. And I'm like, I'm not going to lose. You're fine. I knew that I'd be in the six to 7,000 mi- in the minus okay. after early voting. Okay. That's just the way it is. It's a 3.5 three to 1 ratio every time. Yeah. I said, as long as, long as the Republicans show up to vote, we'll win. And, you know, was down 7,200 and won by Mm 3,600. So that's a pretty amazing swing.
0: That is amazing. So let's back up and talk about your service in the house. So you are known for being one of the most likable guys down there. Everyone who's dealt with you, who run bills with you, or even those who who to maybe even take a position against a bill you've run, right. but they, everyone agrees like you're you're one of the nice guys down there. Can you talk a little bit about how your style of legislating is?
2: I probably learned at a very young age how to talk to everybody. Being a military family, we moved every two or three years. I was always the new guy, not to get too deep into it, but basically I was reverse segregated in fourth grade really what does that mean so um when I first moved to Florida I was going to a predominantly white school uh-huh. you know it's a few few black kids at the school but it was a brand new school it was like Shangri-La about three months into the school year I got moved a, and bussed a long way away to a, a school called Brown Barge Elementary School I was the only white guy in two fourth grade classes there were no white teachers no white faculty and I was, you know, a little skinny kid, you know, so of course they're picking on me, you know, and I was a pretty good athlete already at that time, you know, so I, I play, played good baseball, was fast, mm-hmm. you know, so I fit in pretty quick, mm-hmm. but those first couple of weeks were pretty tough. I came home complaining to my dad one time, and he said, well, just go pick a fight with the biggest guy there. I said, all right. So I did, and got my butt kicked. Uh-huh. After that, they quit messing with me. They thought, he's crazy, yeah. or, you know, but just learned at a very young age that, you got to get along with everybody. Yeah, you just have to.
0: One of the things that we have to bring up, and uh, because you have a kind of a trademark style, in that uh, you're a pretty snazzy dresser down at the General Assemblies. You wear great jackets. I'm looking at you now. You're wearing these red leather shoes with uh, blue uh, pants, and uh, actually, this is pretty staid. But you got a great wooden bow tie. Wooden bow
2: tie on. Yeah, yeah. you know
0: talk about your style here well
2: i'll tell you it 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 was a a quick evolution so when i became a commissioner you know i had one suit you know i had my wedding funeral Mm -hmm. suit Mm -hmm. i had one necktie it had surfboards on it so i said you know when i won when i won the race i was like okay well i gotta i gotta get a couple suits yeah so i'm out shopping around and i saw this blue paisley sport cup that thing's pretty cool Mm -hmm. you know i might. I won't wear it in the general self. I don't wear it to a party or something, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, it had swearing in, and I wore my blue suit for that. And then the first commissioner meeting, I was like, looking at my closet, going, what am I going to wear? So I threw on the Paisley suit with a blue bow tie, and everyone loved it. (laughs) And I'm like, man, that is awesome. What Uh are you wearing next week? Uh And so it began. I see. That's how it started evolving. Mm -hmm. And the people said, well, how are you going to dress in Raleigh? I said, well, no reason to dress any different. So I have a blue Paisley sport coat that, I wear every day, swearing in, I'll have the, the you know, the traditional blue suit on, but mm-hmm. the first day of session, I'll wear that blue Paisley sport coat, because that's the one I wear the first day of every session, right. and it's, a, it, I'm not very superstitious, but it works. So, you know, it's just, <laughs> uh, that's how it evolved, uh-huh. and you know, it's, um, it's, it's embarrassing to say, my wife cleaned up my closet last year, and yeah. she's like, how many sport coats do you have? I said, I've, I have no idea, 83. Eighty three. Eighty three sport coats. That's crazy.
0: That is crazy.
2: So in the short session, um, I only wore one jacket twice. Wow. (laughs)
0: Wow. All right. This is all water cooler talk among lobbyists. But, you know, uh, the Senate's different chamber. They tend to be uh, a little, yeah. more,
2: a little more conservative.
0: Yes, yes. Now right. I know Senator Todd Johnson took a photo with you last session. He was wearing like a salmon-colored suit, and he took a picture with you because he thought, yeah, hey, yeah, I'm on par with uh, Senator Hannock here. But are you concerned at all that the Senate's going to go? Senator, come on, let's go with blues and grays.
2: You know, you know, I'm really not. Um you know, Rabin's been giving me the big eye. Uh-huh. You That's know, what I'd heard. You know, um, but we we had a nice little discussion about it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know if I should talk about this on the air or not. <laughs> we can edit it. <laughs> well, he's
0: wearing tennis shoes
2: these you days. You know? Yeah. And look how long his hair is. Yeah. I mean, good grief. So <laughs> right about the time we were talking about me, we were going for the Senate. The little lunch crew was over there, Senator Raven and Johnson and Vicki Sawyer and a couple other people and... I walked over to him, and it was about 11.30. I said, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and Senator Rabin. <laughs> Everyone kind of chuckled, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he grabbed me by my sport by my, by my jacket, uh-huh. and he's looking up at me. He's got that kind of high-pitched voice. You know? yeah. He said, Bobby, we talk about you get the jackets over here when you get over to the Senate. <laughs> I said, hold on a minute. I'm going to cut you off right there. I said, you know, you know my, my, my black sequin sport coat. He said, yeah, I know it. I said, well, I put it on eBay. I'm selling it. Wow. He said, really? I said, yeah, I'm going to give you the money so you can get yourself a haircut. <laughs> okay. <And then laughs> Senator Lazara says, hey, Bobby, have you ever seen the ladies' bathroom over by the Senate floor? I said, no, I don't think I have. He said, well, I think your desk might fit in there <laughs> sideways. Because that's, that's where you're going to be. You know that, right? <laughs> Oh, that's good, so uh you know, I'll take it easy on them a little bit, but yeah. you know they uh it's just a good distraction, yeah, it really is I mean, well, you know it's
0: it kind of gets to another point, I expect you're gonna shake things up in the city. well I, I think we
2: will, i think um we got a lot of folks there who want to do a lot of good mm-hmm. um that like to work hard and have fun,, mm-hmm. and that's important you gotta you gotta you gotta balance that out, we spend a lot of time together, yeah. You know that as well as anybody else. And you just got to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, don't take yourself too seriously.
0: Yeah. Well, let's have you reflect on the broader election. I mean, congratulations to you. It was a hard fought win and and you were victorious. And then at election night, as the dust was settling, looks like you have a supermajor. Well, you have a supermajority in the Senate. You have, I think, a working supermajority in the House. We do there are Democrats that will come over on a number of issues. Absolutely. Can you kind of reflect on that a little bit?
2: You know, the last four years have been, you know, the long sessions have been record long sessions um, because we're trying to to make so many concessions Mm -hmm. to get people that if we do have to have an override, that they'll vote for it. Um, We don't have to be quite as congenial, but also understand that we have to do for our districts. Right. You know, so, you know, you look at my district, it's mostly a democrat district and for years i mean decades upon decades these folks have gone with little to no representation and we have to do for them you know when i when i had conversations about going to the senate i said you know you have to understand that i'm going to do everything i can to win this seat and when i do i'm going to keep it right and to keep it i'm going to need your help um so really happy the way things are going and I think it's going to be a great session. Um already trying to tamp down a few expectations. You know, yeah. last budget cycle was something we'll never see again in our lifetime.
0: Huge money on it's the huge, table.
2: And, you know, people are already lining up thinking that's just a, you know, the, the faucet's still running. Yeah. So we're going to have to tamp that down a little bit. But I think we'll be able to do a lot of really great stuff. Yeah. Really great stuff. So super excited.
0: I want to talk to you about your extracurricular activities. You and I both have a love of the water and surfing, but I imagine you haven't had much time to get in the water recently. No. (laughs) When's the last time you paddled out?
2: Uh, I didn't paddle out last year. Wow. I did not paddle out last year. Is it itching? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because,
0: I mean, for those of you who don't know, listening to the podcast, the Outer Banks is known for incredible waves. Like, I surf carolina beach but when i go to the outer banks we're talking beautiful heavy barrels i mean just thick 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 stuff yeah yeah Yeah. it's got to leave a little itch for you yeah Yeah. it's
2: uh but you know just the timing was just never right if i did have have a couple days in a row at home which are Mm -hmm. very rare Mm -hmm. um it just wasn't surf or just conditions weren't right or whatever so okay just didn't pan out yeah and it's all it will this year okay all right. You can bet it this year, buddy. All right. Well, yeah, enough is enough.
0: I'm older now. i have almost exclusively on the long boards. It's just easier to pop up on. Yeah. But what do you like to ride? I got an 8.0. Oh, wow. Yep. All That's right. That's my
2: favorite board. All right. A little and shorter
0: I, there. Yep, okay. Yep. It's, it's the deal. Wow. Yep. I mean, uh, did you learn to surf on those Outer Banks waves?
2: Uh, Virginia Beach. Okay. Uh, also
0: very good waves. Very
2: good waves. I'll tell you, uh, when I first moved to Virginia Beach, I lived seven miles from the ocean. Okay. From the ocean front. And they had taken the old city buses mm-hmm. and took out like the the the, the back 10 seats. Wow. So you could put a bike on there or a surfboard, and for a quarter, you could ride the bus to the ocean front. That is a beautiful story. Yep. And for a quarter, you could ride it back. Uh-huh. So I would catch the first bus to the first street in Virginia Beach, and catch the last bus home. Yeah. And for fifty cents, you could buy a chocolate dip of ice cream right there in <laughs> the, in the loop. Wow. And that was my day. So that, and then as I got older, just you know, moved, started venturing the Hatteras, doing dawn patrol, yeah, countless times of working at the Virginia Beach oceanfront at Milton's Pizza and leaving it. Two thirty 30 in the morning to catch a dawn patrol and Kitty Hawk. Okay. You know, catch the swinging bridge coming through Currituck. Wow. It's incredible.
0: Look, what, what uh, you know, so again, longboard guy, and, you know, now I'm, I used to just want the big waves, but now I'm fine with one, two foot, just little easy rollers and stuff. What, what kind of waves, what's well, a perfect day for you on an, the forecast?
2: Any wave I can catch. Okay. And I gotta be able to make it out.
0: Yeah. Paddling out is hard you know, when
2: you're not, you're not surfing all the time. You don't yeah. have the paddle strength and you know, you just, it's gotta be a good day getting you know, through I, those
0: outer banks waves uh, are different too, right? Cause yeah. that, you'll be paddling into a wave, it'll take you back to the beach. It
2: will, it yeah. will. And they're, they're just so thick and it's like, it, it isn't just a piece of white water to hit you. Yeah. It's the four feet of white water behind it that pushes you back. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta be a little selective, you know, way back in the day, I'd do a pier jump at Rodanthe in the middle of the winter full suit gloves booties hood everything didn't matter
0: pier jump
2: pier jump just to get that's amazing yep and when you got you know huge surf out there you can't paddle through it's good in in the pier and jump off <laughs> <laughs> it's no big deal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first you had to crawl around the fence you oh know to where you weren't supposed to be on the pier you know uh-huh. Back in the day, yeah. Okay. Yeah, good times. Well,
0: there's been some talk at the General Assembly. So John Bells has served, he serves, Jimmy Milstead, Bart Goodson, uh, Brian Turner, uh, Damon Cercasta over at the State Board of Elections. There's talk like, should there be a bicameral, bipartisan surf trip? Because, you know, there's hunting trips all the time. Right? Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like the Outer Banks would be perfect
2: for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. To do that, we got to get out of session before July. <laughs> but that's a hint for somebody out there, who, whoever's listening.
0: Senator Hannock wants to go surfing. Yeah, well, that's good. So that's a good suggestion. And I want to ask you this question uh, before we close out, and, and that is, uh, you know, our politics right now are so divided. I mean, we're just, you know, right and wrong, cats and dogs, you know, there's all this fighting. Social media, it's all kind of toxic. If you had a magic wand, Senator Hannock, and you could fix something in our politics, like just wave it and it it just gets better, what What would it be?
2: The civility. Yeah. 100% the civility. I was talking with Gail Adcock about that the other day. Democrat. We, yeah. had, we had gone to, um, we didn't have to do an orientation. We just met with the principal clerk, mm-hmm. you know, just to go over differences between the house and the Senate. And, uh, afterwards, uh, me and Gail were talking, you know, we ought to maybe get the, the Senate Republicans and Democrats to go out and have dinner. Okay. Maybe the first week of session, Yeah, you know, kind of build a little bit of, you know, a little bit of camaraderie, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, I hear, you know, way back in the day that, that y- y'all had that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's something that's missed. I think, um, Folks don't, when the only time we interact or is when we're in session. Yeah. And you know, we're, I would say eight out of 10 times, we're agreeing on whatever we're, we're working on. Yeah. Um, it's the divisive things that separate us. Um, but again, we're all up here trying to do the same thing. We're trying to do for our folks and do for our state and make it better. Yeah. So if you have a relationship with someone outside of the, of the general assembly floor, Yeah. um, when, he, when you do have those divisive issues, you're going to be more civil to that person yeah. because you know that person. You've had dinner with them. Yeah. Um, and that's important because I see that w- from when I started in the general assembly to where we are now, I see a stark difference. Yeah. Um, I really noticed a stark difference in how we talked to each other in the last session. Mm-hmm. Um, very disturbing things people would say on the floor on both sides. hmm Um, and that's just, that's no way to be. Yeah. Folks at home don't want that. Folks at home want you getting, getting along, not so much getting along, but, um, really working to try to do the right thing. And, um, they don't want to see that. Yeah. And it isn't like you see on the federal level, but it's there.
0: It's there. It's, it's I feel like it's creeping there. It's got to stop. Yeah. Yeah.
2: A lot of my counties are strong Democrat. You know, Mm -hmm. I have 10 counties. I won my five Eastern counties and lost my five Western counties. Is that right? You know, it's just the diversity of it. Yeah. Um, diversity of the politics of, of the, uh, you know, the black and the white and the Hispanic. It's just, just the way it is. Yeah.
0: And I could see the optimist in you saying, I'm going to win those five Western counties. You got it. Before it's all said. You got done. it.
2: That's, that's the objective. Yeah. Um, and not, not to win it, but to know that I want it because You know, we did what we said we're going to do. That's right. And that's, I don't know if that's an art, a lost art in politics, but, uh, you know, if you can do most of what you say you're going to do, then everything else just falls where it's going to fall. So,
0: well, Senator Bobby Hannig, we appreciate everything you do in the general assembly. We appreciate the way you do it in the general assembly. You certainly know how to do politics better. Thank you for being on the podcast today.
2: Oh, my pleasure. What a great opportunity, man. Really, really great to be here. Thanks.
1: The Do Politics Better podcast is sponsored by the North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association. Beer and wine distributors in North Carolina are family-owned companies that directly employ more than 5,600 men and women across the state. The North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association works with the General Assembly to develop alcohol policies that ensure fairness in a competitive marketplace and promote responsible behavior. Visit the North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association at ncbeerwine.com for more information.
0: Sky, I know you have FOMO hearing that interview. We are big fans of Senator Bobby Hannock. He is such a great guy. One of the true good guys down at the General Assembly. Great sense of humor. A very hard worker in the legislature. And I so appreciate him coming over and spending an hour with me. We wish him luck this session and look forward to working with him. Tweet of of the the week.
1: week. This week's Tweet of the Week is from Megan Rapp, and she's at Megan W-R-A-P-P-E. And it is a tweet, of course, about Bojangles hard sweet tea. (laughs) So this news came out on Tuesday that they were going to team up with um, a brewery in Boone to have a Bojangles hard sweet tea this year. The tweet says, first there was White Claw, now there's this. I know what my summer drink of choice will be at Bojangles did you have to go this hard and they res- they responded to it yes <laughs> but there were a lot of tweets about this on Tuesday and so I told you I was like I have to just find one because there's so many tweets
0: yeah, yeah. look forward to trying
1: it I'm not gonna try it are you I don't I can't imagine. The sugar rush alone would be too uh, no, much.
0: Yeah, my, I could just feel my heart beating out of my chest thinking about it.
1: I did see someone say this is like four loco that had like caffeine <laughs> and like whatever <laughs> drugs they put in that. That was like really terrible for people. Yeah, but th- this is like the Southerners edition of that.
0: All right, I had fun with you this week in Pine Island.
1: We did have fun. It was a long ride together.
0: Kind of fun. We made our telephone calls.
1: <laughs> we made a stop and Brian went to get in. Or, well, first on our way there, he's like, can you hand me You're reaching in the back? I'm like, what do you need? You're like, can you get something out of my lunchbox? So I opened his lunchbox. You should know <laughs> he always carries a lunchbox. And you just never know what he's packed in there. You know, when you were on the one bite of something every hour diet, there were so many things (laughs) packed into this little lunchbox because he was treating himself every hour on the hour. But you know, it's 2023, you're on the wake up early and swim. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. I don't know what exact diet you're on, but the lunchbox contained like three avocados and a thing of cashews. (laughs) Right. So. And by the way, avocados weren't cut or anything, and you wanted an avocado. I wasn't really sure how logistically that was going to work, and it didn't.
0: I didn't realize. Is this
1: keto? No, I'm not
0: doing keto. I'm just counting my calories. Counting my calories trying to eat a lot of natural food avocados are very filling mm-hmm. I put a little hummus on there and it's it's yeah. really good.
1: you love hummus by the spoonful
0: -hmm I do but I was pleasantly surprised that we had good food at this hunting lodge It's a hunting lodge owned by Audubon and we were there this week with some special guests. It was really a lot of fun, but the food was good. I had to be prepared but yes
1: in preparation in addition to the lunchbox (laughs) there was also a pair of Carhartt boots that I have to assume he stole from a man and then (laughs) and there was two additional bags and then a gym bag Uh also so three total bags the lunchbox and the Carhartt boots which I guess couldn't fit in another bag.
0: I like to For keep... For 24 hours,
1: y'all. We went, we left at noon Wednesday, got back at, you know, left uh, Pine Island at noon on Thursday.
0: I like to keep my workout clothes separate from my regular clothes. So I had a weekend bag and I had my workout clothes. Because, you know, I, I got my 10,000 steps in before 10 o'clock this morning.
1: I think this just leads to your greater inefficiencies in life. You think so? Yeah.
0: So I packed kind of Spartan on the food, but I packed heavy on the clothes.
1: You did?
0: Yeah, I guess. So you're
1: wearing the same thing you wore yesterday.
0: (laughs) Well, I had fun with you. It was great hanging out. Man, Pine Island is so beautiful. So pretty, yeah. Currituck County is a gem Mm -hmm. of the Outer Banks. Really great. Duck, what a great town. Mm -hmm. And we're going back next week. That's right. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of NC poll news to cover next week.
1: Yeah. Like Brian said, we will catch you up next week, and we will share with you if we have any really exciting news. Until then, please remember to do politics better.